Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Barcast Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we're doing a Q&A podcast. Yeah, okay, Q&A podcast, you guys. Please ask us questions. Join our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend, to ask us questions. Hit us up on the social meds. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time. Instagram, TikTok, maybe we'll see it. You can email us if you're lame. You're not lame. You're no, cool. I we love, love email. email. Anyways, let's get into it. We have three questions. So, three questions. Heather, what's the first one? Okay, first question. Uh, why do I feel deadlifts in my lower back? Okay, ooh, this is a really good one. So there's a lot that goes into this question or the goes into the answer for this question. So first one is where are you at? Or first question you should ask yourself is where you're at in your training journey. If you are a beginner, you may need to give it some give it time to strengthen your your core, your glutes, your low back, um, etc. before jumping into a more intense and technical lift like a deadlift. So we actually like to treat the deadlift as you know more of a skill skill based movement, right? Just because there's there's so much that goes into it and we're going to get into like common faults that we see and how you can can correct that but as far as like if you're just a beginner and you don't have that prerequisite strength to really lift the the bar up from the, the floor right which we're talking about conventional deadlifts here you guys yes um, yes that's what Let's i clarify that yeah that's what i think um this person was asking about just conventional deadlifts from the floor right um so like you know you might need to do some different variations to work up to doing those conventional deadlifts you know from the floor right so um I sometimes I'll just do block pulls or rack pulls. So we're just starting um, training, training the movement, but at a shortened range of motion. So maybe you're setting up the barbell on a power rack to where the, the barbell is just set like just below the knees, right? Versus all the way on the floor. So that way you're, you know, you're teaching yourself the technique, right? You're, you know, bracing your core. You're going through the, the, the full motion. It's just a shorter range of motion. So, yeah. and I like to start people with, uh, RDLs or Romanian deadlifts. Um, so it's basically the, you start at the top portion, you know, you have the bar and then you lower it down, um, to just below the knee or wherever they can go while still maintaining that solid form and then bring it back up. So you're never really deadlifting from the floor. And that just basically helps people really master that hinge movement with the, with the anterior pelvic tilt. Yeah. And an another question, which I feel like this will will apply to mostly to the people who are listening to this because most of you are probably those you know fitness enthusiasts so two questions i guess how is your programming so let's address that if you're programming if you're doing too much volume and intensity you're probably going to start feeling the lift um, in places that you don't want to like your lower back um, but also not that you don't want to feel it in your lower back and I'll get into that in a little bit but if you're overwhelmingly feeling it there you're probably doing too much and you're feeling most of the fatigue there um, so manage your volume and, and intensity properly um, so you know that will obviously come down to your programming so talk to your coach or find a different program if it's too much for you or scale it back yeah um, a lot of times if you're doing also if you're doing like a if you have more of a low bar squat position and you happen to be doing some people like do leg days where they're doing like squat and deadlift yeah that's crazy that that's hard right and especially if you have a lower bar position and then you're hinging more that's going to carry over into fatiguing your deadlift so even if you're doing it you know your squat uh in a week before you do your deadlift like the same week like it's just a few days before you could potentially put more stress on your lower back that way that's a really good point to make like how are your workouts actually structured because like what right. if you are doing squats and deadlifts in the same workout mm -hmm. like you're most people will do squatting first right because mm -hmm. there's no way you're going to deadlift and go <laughs> yeah. into squatting like there's no way good luck if you try that <laughs> so that's already going to stress out your core and your lower back a little bit right so, you know if you go to deadlifts right after even if it's a variation of deadlifts your your lower back and core is go 
it's going to go or be a little fatigued going into those movements. So definitely check your programming and, and adjust things as needed. Um, you know, maybe if, if you do, if you are feeling that, you know, low back ache or, you know, starting to f- flirt, you know, between the line of pain and, and being healthy, like maybe you just need to alternate weeks that you're doing squatting and deadlifting or, uh, you know, deadlift variations or something like that. Um, my other question for you is how is your technique? And we're going to break this down, um, as far as like common faults that we see in the deadlift, but ideally what you'd want to do is have eyes on your movement somehow from a professional, right? Someone who actually knows what they're talking about. So they can watch you do it in real time, um, and help you tweak and, um, tweak, you know, certain things here or there to optimize your movement. So, um, Heather, I know you wanted to talk about like common faults that we generally Mm -hmm. see so we can go over those. Yeah. So one of the common faults I see is people don't properly set their lats first. Right. And so that basically means like you can think of it as like protecting your armpits. Right. Um, Taking the scapula and kind of like not necessarily retracting them as much as depressing them. Um, So setting those lats up, which is also essentially going to pull the bar closer to your shins. Um, And so that's going to keep the bar close to you as you perform the lift, because if the bar rolls out and it's, you know, a foot in front of you or six inches in front of you, you're probably going to pull a little bit more with your low back. So we want to try to keep that bar um, as close to the body as possible. And that involves setting the lats. Um, The other thing that I see a lot is um, well, two more things, actually. One of them is um, not pulling slack out of the bar. And so that's slack is the space between the barbell and the plates, right? Or it could be the amount that the bar actually bends, depending on the bar you're using. Um, so when you set up for the deadlift, if you just walk up and pull the thing off the floor, um, you're going to like jerk it off the floor, right? And we don't want to do that. We don't want to see that that jerk happening. So what you do for that is you, you know, you grab the bar, you set your lats and you just do a light pull on the bar where you pull out that space between the bar and the plates and you pull out that bend in the bar before you ever leave the floor with that lift. Yeah. Just a note on this. Like I always tell my clients who suffer from this, uh, you know, fault, I guess you could say is we never want to go from zero to a hundred when we're doing deadlifts. Right. So that would just mean like Heather said, like you're walking up and just, you know, pulling the bar straight off the floor without really setting up for it. Um, so, you know, maybe you're going from like 30 to hundred, right. Or, you know, whatever yeah. arbitrary number, but you're getting some tension in your body and on the barbell before you lift. That way you can almost think about pushing your feet, you know, into the floor, away from the floor, however you want to look at it versus pulling the bar, which will probably put more stress on your lower back that way. But what I, you know, I see all the time clients will just walk up to the bar and jerk it off the floor and then their hips shoot up first. And that's going to stress, that's going to put way more stress on your lower back than you want. So yeah, that was my third thing was hip placement. Yeah. Um, sometimes people lift with their hips too high and some people lift lift with their hips too low. So you got to find that happy medium right in the middle of where your hips are not shooting up, but you're also not letting the bar like roll away from you and you're not doing basically a stiff leg deadlift. <laughs> yeah, and that is so it's so individual, you know, from person to person. That's why I either like get someone to watch you real time or film it from the side and then have again a professional knows what they're talking about, analyze your form. Um but I also want to say, like, we have to you have to remember that deadlifts are a full body movement and they're very posterior chain dominant. So you're it's not a bad thing that you do feel your lower back. Like it's okay. Your lower back is going to work. Like there are muscles in your lower back that help to stabilize the spine. So you do, you know, if you you, you do want to feel it, right? A little bit. You and, also have your erectors, which actually do um extend 
yeah. the spine. So right. Yeah. So when you're standing up, your erectors. Yeah, you're gonna have working. a little bit of spinal extension there too. So you have to remember that that's working as well, not just you know glute extension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the the problem comes in is where the you're feeling it in your lower back, and it's so overwhelming that that's like the only thing you're feeling, um, or to the point where, like I said earlier, like you're flirting between that line of potentially injuring yourself, and that that is where we want to maybe um, do some more like priming movements beforehand, so you can connect to your glutes and hamstrings because. Yes, it's a full body lift, but those are more of your main movers here. So we have a, was it the previous Q&A podcast? We can just direct people to that as far as like, Can't what, remember. well, so one Q&A podcast where we talk about actually like priming movements um, for the hips and glutes um, for movements like uh, deadlift squats, stuff like that. So listen to that one to, to understand what we're talking about. I think it was how to get an Instagram ass. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like it was that podcast. Well, you, that one will be Go one that, that you never forget. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like definitely I would, I would do that in general, even you, even if you aren't experiencing this issue, it's good to just connect to your glutes because they are your main mover for that hip extension, um, towards the top. Um, so towards the top of the movement. So yeah, do that. Heather gives some really good ones that she likes to do, um, before she does deadlifts, um, because she suffers from, you know, the lack of connection to her glutes sometimes. So yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. Question number two. Should I be lifting heavy every time I go to the gym? All right. Well, I would need that to be a little bit more specific, <laughs> but not really because heavy is relative to the person in the prescribed rep range given in a specific mesocycle of training. Okay. What the hell does that mean? So like, let's say you're doing, I don't know, maybe you're in like working in the eight to 10 rep range. Okay. What is heavy for that? General rule of thumb I like to give people is Pick a weight where you feel like you have about two to three reps left in the tank um, at the end of the set, right? Because that will in, usually ensure that you're not, your form isn't breaking down by the end of the set, but you're still, you know, getting to the point of, you know, some sort of fatigue. Um, and, and that's what fatigue basically is failure in our minds. And, and our definition of failure is when your form actually breaks down, not to where you cannot lift the weight again, right? And we actually talk about, I think, training to failure in that same Q&A podcast, right? The Instagram ass one. I don't remember. Um, it might be I think it was that. that one. I don't know. Anyways, it's in one of them. So, and, and heavy means different for different people too. Like if you're just starting out in your strength training journey, like five pounds might be really heavy for you. Whereas, you know, that for that same person, 20 pounds might be heavy for that, for them. Right. Yeah. So. I think that's a really important point to bring up because there are a lot of times that Clients have come to me interested in training with me, but they will see me on my personal Instagram when I was powerlifting, you know, um, having two plates when I'm squatting or oh, one plate when I bench or, or something like pretty heavy weight. Right. And they're like, yeah, I want to lift, but I don't want to train heavy. And that's because they're thinking in their mind that I'm going to put, you know, 225 yeah. on their back. Or you're going to force them what <laughs> force them to do what you're doing, right. which is not true. Um, heavy is relative. So yeah. we're obviously going to start them out pretty light and work our way up to heavy for them um, within like Katie was talking about those the RPE that we think is appropriate. Yeah. And like you guys, if someone is giving you a program and they have like specific weights for you, like please run far away from it. Like they don't know where you're at. Like if if, if they're a coach and they're just like saying let's do this and mm -hmm. they haven't really had eyes on your form your technique and how much weight you were lifting in the past like kind of a red flag but as they coach you if you do have a coach they'll be able to learn like okay usually you can do this amount of weight for for this many sets and reps of whatever exercise so it's definitely in it, it's it's nuanced as far as like as you progress throughout your training but also like heavy for 12 to 15 reps is way different than heavy for two to three reps. And that's what I feel like people associate 
um, when they think of lifting heavy they think of like that one to like three rep range we're just like maxing the out things that are on instagram that's yeah. what they think of yeah and that <laughs> that's is the not... only thing we post <laughs> yeah and so i guess the answer to the question is yes you should be lifting heavy but relative to what your programming dictates so mm-hmm. like like i said like if if it's 12 to 15 yeah like find a weight that's heavy for 12 to 15 reps like not like okay you're going into the gym and you're maxing out every time like that's not that's right. not what you should do whatsoever so great yeah Awesome. Okay. Cool. Question number three. Ooh, this is a deep one. All right. What are macros and how do I calculate them? Oh man. Okay. You guys like everything. Hashtag I I F Y M. I I F Y M. If it fits your macros, <laughs> bros. Well, I feel like this is such a general question, so I'm going to answer it generally. <laughs> so let's just break down what we, what are macronutrients and you know, what, like what, what that actually means. So macronutrients are basically just carbs, fats, and protein, right? So that's what we mean by that. I guess is, did you say once that is alcohol? Yes. Alcohol is also a kind of like hidden, hidden macronutrient. I don't know if it's actually considered a macro. It's called the fourth, fourth macronutrient because there are calories and ethanol that, you know, you do need to keep track of, but it's not technically i guess a macronutrient but yeah so the macro the macronutrients are what makes up your calories for the day so your protein fats and carbs um so let's just go over you know how much uh, how many calories per each macronutrient so protein and carbs there are four calories per gram and for fats there are nine calories per gram and if we are including the alcohol is it seven seven calories per gram okay cool so like i said those the macro breakdown is what's going to make up your calories for the day so you know kind of one in the same there um but it's important that you have the proper macronutrient composition right if you want to actually like work towards hitting your goals which i feel like most of you have goals of getting stronger and building muscle right um so the first thing you want to really figure out is just what are your maintenance calories? And that's just basically can look like you tracking to see what you do on a, on a, you know, day-to-day basis that will like kind of, um, show me what like a total week looks like. So once you figure out, okay, this is the amount of calories I want to shoot for, then you can focus on composing your macronutrients to, um, kind of be optimal for what you're looking to achieve. So really what we tell clients is find your optimal protein intake first. And that is we have a ton of resources and podcasts on this, but that's 0.6 to 0.8 grams per pound of your body weight. So somewhere in that range. So that's how, you know, you would calculate your protein, right? And then we also... We also want to make sure that you're getting adequate fat for the day um, because it is an essential macronutrient, meaning we have to get fat through food. Um, So I like a general rule of thumb is at least half your body weight in grams of fat to make sure to make sure you're getting that essential amount. But other than that, like as long as your protein stays consistent and you're you're within your your calorie targets, make up your fats and carbs as you see fit based off your goals. Like some people like the lower carb approach. Some people love higher carbs, right? So as long as you're getting, you know, adequate, adequate protein, and then that kind of like minimal fat for the day, like, you know, you can eat as many carbs as you want. Like, you know, obviously, we preach eating whole natural foods as much as you can. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have any yeah, everyone's different. Um, so you just kind of have to figure it out, right? And um, so how do people uh, keep track of this, I guess? Like track their macros? Yeah. The, I mean, the easiest way is to just download an app, right? And you can yeah. just input your food um, and it'll basically spew out um, in like the nutrient section. Like, okay, this is your uh, breakdown for the day. This hum- this is how many calories you ate and this is what those calories were made up of. Like this is how many grams of carbs you ate, how many grams of protein and how many grams of fat. So then you can see like over time, what are your trends? Then you can slowly shift like 
to first and foremost, getting that optimal protein intake and then just kind of see where what you like to do as far as fats and carbs um you know just basically on how you like to eat in general you can make up your the the other two macronutrients that way so Word. yeah do you yeah. have specific macros you try to hit heather no <laughs> i mean i know <laughs> no yeah. i'm used to a long time ago no now i just really make sure that i get enough protein every day um and i can usually eyeball that but uh, occasionally i'll track it you know and so i just I go for that that range that Katie mentioned in protein. Um, I was also born with one kidney, and although I don't think that really super it affects kidney. it, yeah, one super kidney. Um, although I don't think it affects it at all, you know, I'm always just very careful about like overloading that with anything, like medications or anything crazy. Um, so you know, I don't and try protein. to go like crazy with protein. Yeah, I try to get like point eight usually. Yeah, like if if someone's telling you like you know they're making it sound like it's the end all be all if you don't go low carb or low fat or whatever like please run away from them yes um find what works best for your body really pay attention like do you if you eat more carbohydrates do you are you feeling more lethargic okay maybe you need to adjust that ratio of fats and carbs right you know just pay attention to how you feel maybe some people feel amazing going lower carb that's great too but it's people get so caught up in like exact like i need to hit this many grams of carbs and fat and protein every day like you i always tell people to like give yourself like a 10 percent buffer like maybe you're a little bit short of your protein that's okay you're getting your muscles are gonna fall off your body like and for fats and carbs it's even less important right i would say you can even give yourself like a 10 to 20 percent buffer as long as your calories aren't going you know a wall uh, you know as far as like um you know hitting them and staying in, in a in a range of calories that makes sense for you and your goals but don't get caught up in the numbers protein yes like maybe get caught up in that a little bit and then not eating too many calories per day right if you you know based off your goals again but um yeah i mean we don't need to make it super complicated you guys like and it can be changing like it can change right like i used to eat I've gone through phases where I eat super low carb or I've tried like super high carb and it, it, you know, similar results for me really. But you know, some people might um, go based off feel more. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess um, that's pretty much the breakdown. I don't really have any specific macros I try to hit either. I definitely try to make sure I get protein and fiber. I think that's important, Um, which fiber is going to come from the carbs that you're eating. Right. I think the optimal range, do you know off the top of your head, it's like 25 to 40 grams per day. So I think if you get that, you know, via your carbs, which if you just eat a decent amount of fruits and veggies, you'll be fine. But um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I shoot for now. And then I have like a calorie uh, range target that I try to hit um, every day. Um, But other than that, yeah, my carbs and fat fluctuate based off of what I want to eat that day. So awesome. Cool. That's it. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Again, if you have questions, please ask us in whatever form and we will answer them here live and we will shout you out too if you really want us to. Totally good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Please uh, share with your friends if you like this podcast and we'll see you next time. Peace.